And that's why I believe in you because that is the greatest purpose. It's to love. Honest. It's to, it sounds corny. Whatever you want to say, I don't care. I love people because there is freedom and power in loving people. Hello, all you positive heads out there. Thanks for tuning your beautiful brainwaves into another episode of the Positive Head Podcast, where we are firmly convinced that creating success and happiness is rooted in understanding the ultimate nature of reality and the fact that as human beings, we are all immensely powerful fractals of the one and only source consciousness, which creates and animates all things. Now, of course, understanding this powerful truth is one thing. Applying this incredibly empowering wisdom to everyday life, well, that's another, which is exactly why we provide you with a fresh serving of soul food for thought five days a week to help constantly remind you of what matters most. You are it. And I'm your host, Brandon Beecham. I'm the one who will be here with you each and every Wednesday interviewing a different consciousness change maker that is also out there working tirelessly to help catalyze change and expand awareness all across Spaceship Earth. On the other four weekdays, you can hear me discussing topics such as my favorite thought-provoking quotes, reading and discussing wisdom from empowering books, playing clips from various inspirational spiritual teachers, sharing a bit of mysterious news, taking questions from the audience, and essentially digging into any other mind-expansive topics that will help keep your soul fed by tuning you into positive vibrations on a consistent basis. Also, I'm thrilled to announce that the Positive Head Podcast has a new sponsor. And it's a bit of a mouthful for me to explain all the juicy details. So if you've already heard this, feel free to skip forward about two minutes to get to today's episode. When I originally launched this podcast, I made a deal with myself that I'd never bring on a sponsor that I wasn't extremely excited about and that I didn't believe wholeheartedly could greatly benefit my audience. Well, fast forward a little over a year later to Burning Man 2016, where I caught the angelic lightworker Sonia Sophia from the World Tapping Circle facilitating a live tapping session for hundreds of people at once, many of whom, including myself, were either crying or laughing with joy from the emotional release the session had helped facilitate for them. At the end, as soon as I heard Sonia mention her incredible new online platform to help bring the powerful tool of tapping to people anywhere around the world, I knew I had to contact her. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with tapping or EFT, which stands for Emotional Freedom Technique, its praises have been sung by the likes of Dr. Wayne Dyer, Dr. Bruce Lipton, many, many other thought leaders in the consciousness community. Uh, It's an extremely powerful quantum level self-healing tool based on the premise that emotional trauma contributes greatly to disease and illness, and by tapping on key meridians on your body while addressing those traumas, you can release the deeply ingrained energy blockages associated with them. I believe tapping is the perfect physical exercise to go along with the heart and mind work we're consistently doing on this podcast, and it's by far the simplest exercise I've seen to help remove people's energetic blockages. Now, The World Tapping Circle offers a lot of flexibility to join their healing circle, which takes place live every Monday night. I personally recommend signing up for the yearly plan and committing yourself to tapping for the next 12 months. 
Also, Sonia's team has been gracious enough to offer a huge 35% discount off the yearly plan to Positive Head listeners only. This is exclusively for this show. So if you'd like to sign up and receive the special Positive Head discount and get tapping immediately, simply go to worldtappingcircle.com forward slash Positive Head. Hope to see y'all in circle. All right, all you positive heads, welcome back to another episode of the Positive Head Podcast. Glad to be here, glad to connect with you all once again. Hope you're all, wherever you are, wherever you're listening, loving yourself, loving your life, loving your day, because of course that's how we get more of what we want to see is by loving what we have, right? Definitely been working on that one, been a trying few days, honestly, but um I'm getting stronger and stronger and better and better at uh, sort of uh, living by the uh, the idea of uh, not minding what happens, and that's a it's a good thing in a good way. You know, you have uh, hopes and dreams and wants and desires and all those things, but then you let it go, let go of expectation, and um, yeah, you just the the end, and also the sort of the more you dip down uh, as far as in a trying situation, the higher the bounce back, right? Especially when you deal with it gracefully and graciously and and um, don't react or overreact. Or if you do, you love that. Whatever arises, love that, right? Ah, so here we are. Um, let's see, what am I going to talk about today? I guess I already started talking about stuff, didn't I? <laughs> I just went for it, went right in. Whatever comes out, you know, I just see what I'm feeling. That's what I love about doing these daily shows, just sort of the um, the fluidness of them. And of course, there's some preparation. And, and this week I've been uh, doing uh, something that I've only done one other time, and that is uh, read chapters from a book. I feel like that's a, a fun way to break things up and also to, a unique way to bring in perspective from other uh, other teachers, certainly teachers who have uh, uh, been at it longer than I and uh, have different ways of looking at this wisdom because that's really all we're doing, right? It's all just looking at this stuff from every angle and finding the, the teachers that resonate with you you, the finding the, the teachers that resonate with me and, um, you know, someone may tune into this show and it's like, not, it's like, it's like a style of music, right? For them, they're like, ah, no way. This is like, this is like nails on a chalkboard. Right. Um, and then someone else is like, oh, this is, this is my jam. This is awesome. I love it. And it's just different. It's just different vibrations. It's just different, different ways of reaching. And, uh, all of you that are connecting to this is because we are, we resonate very closely. So we have stylistically, we're we're in the same soul family, right? And uh, it's all good. And I love to also bring in other teachers that I resonate very closely with and that have really spoke to me and helped me on my own journey. Uh, and uh, of course, that journey is ongoing. Uh, and it, we, we never ultimately arrive. Uh, the, you know, I, I like to think of it like you're in eternity and every new vista that you will sort of reach, every new platform that you will reach an you have then an, another vista open up before you. It's like just a new level, but there's infinite levels. So uh, you'll always have more to go and see and experience and, and expansion and to become more of what you are, what source is and what, <clears throat> what a beautiful um, 
thought that is. What a beautiful concept that is. Because, of course, this is... Uh, if if we did ever finally arrive and there was nothing left to do, see, we would become uh, we would become bored with that, right? So the journey is the goal, and I think so many people get caught up on needing to get somewhere, and uh, there's nowhere to get other than where you're at right now. Think about it like this: you're in eternity right now, right now. You're in eternity, and you've always been in eternity. Is there things for you to learn? Is there places for you to go? Is there growth that's happening? Yep. So you're in eternity, you've been in eternity already, and uh, you still got a ways to go. So I say that's a good proof to the to the theory, right? <laughs> so let's see. Today, starting out, I would like to read a review. For those of you who haven't uh, ever taken the time to review on iTunes, I would love, love, love you so much if you did. It helps uh, the show to reach new people and sort of rise in the rankings and uh, so forth. So you're essentially helping to spread the positivity and helping someone else out there to find the show. Much like this reviewer, you know, this is Viking Lady Wizard. Um, she says here, always exactly what I need to hear. I, simple, I simply cannot encapsulate what this podcast has meant to me during the last couple of months months since I found it. See, she found it because of you guys who've been reviewing before her. So uh, (laughs) um, she says, I've been thrown into a strong awakening during the last year or so, and I'm truly seeing so many things for the first time. The work being done here has been so incredibly validating for me, and every day I am excited to see what will happen next. I absolutely love the depth and breadth of topics that are explored, and I am also so thankful for each of the vibrant guests and the stories they share. Brandon, you are a lighthouse. Thank you for your service. Aw. That's so lovely with a little heart. Thank you, Viking Lady Wizard. Um, how appropriate. I, I like the show Vikings, if you guys have ever seen it. It's a little dark, honestly, but, you know, it's just, I don't know. I, I love timepieces when it's showing, like, a culture from a, a, a you know, the, the history is fascinating to me. And uh, I just saw uh, that the show Vikings is about to come back out. So perfectly appropriate for the Viking Lady Wizard to be uh, <laughs> chiming in right now. And um, yeah, this uh, definitely completes the circle of love and, and helps to fuel my fire to continue doing what I'm doing. So thank you so much for taking the time to uh, share and feedback. And like I said, for those of you who haven't reviewed out there, uh, please do so um, and uh, help help more people to find the show. And uh, of course, add on to our ever-growing Facebook group, Positive Heads, which is going to transition over to the positivehead.com site that will be forthcoming the the new version where we'll be able to mix it up and so forth um so uh yeah uh sync up with us on there as well and uh in writing questions that's the other thing i always try and think of these things to throw out to you guys um questions i love 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 getting questions from you as well it feels like uh sort of like having a co-host right and a lot of times it shapes the direction that i go on a particular uh episode so uh you can write in through positivehead.com or uh write me directly brandon at positivehead.com um yeah. So let's see. What am I going to do today? <clears throat> what am I going to talk about today? We'll talk a little bit about karma. We're going to read another chapter from The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success by Deepak Chopra. We're up to chapter three, uh, The Law of Karma or Cause and Effect. Uh, before I start reading, I thought I would share a quote that uh, I recently saw that has seemed appropriate. 
and uh, really resonated with me, uh, especially considering some of the things I went through about this time last year uh, with some betrayal. You guys have probably heard me uh, reference uh, business partners, betrayal, uh, longtime friends, you know, pulling shady things. <laughs> and uh, I had to just walk away. And um, I had to really, I hadn't seen this quote at that time, but this is really what I felt. And the quote is, the best revenge is to have enough self-worth not to seek it. And, um, you know, this is something that's so powerful. Let, let, Karma will do the dirty work, so to speak. Uh, And you don't need it to be dirty work. At the end of the day, it's happening for you, not to you. So if you can see whatever's, uh, you know, maybe revenge worthy, it's... uh, it's, uh, from one perspective anyway, it's, it's not worth it. It's never worth it. Um, your self-worth, it's giving you an opportunity to be a bigger person. It's giving you the opportunity to be all that you've talked about, all that you want to be, to be this, uh, you know, lighthouse. As, uh, as she said in that review, that's really something that I wanted to be. Even that word, it's like, you know, I, I, I always loved the idea of a lighthouse. Where does a lighthouse go, right? It's in the darkness. It has to be in the darkness. Otherwise, it has no job. It has no point. So if you're amongst other people that are uh, negative at work or in your town or you feel isolated from other spiritual people, I hear that sometimes, you know, I love this show because I have no one around me that I can connect to like this. Well, you're a lighthouse. You're a lighthouse. That's why you're where you're at. Lighthouse has to go in the darkness. And so, you know, even I look at my name, it's like beacon on a hill. So I've always had this idea or the meaning of it, right? So I've always had this idea of uh, of that and resonating with that. Well, what did I get? I got the opportunity to be that in a situation that maybe is revenge worthy from a lesser perspective, I would say. So have enough self-worth not to seek it. See the bigger picture in all things. Everyone is serving you. It's happening for you. It's giving you an opportunity. Now, what you do with that opportunity, you can squander it and roll in the mud maybe and get negative and come down to a lower vibration. And then what have you done with the opportunity? You've squandered it or you can rise to the occasion and become more of what it is you want to become and you're ever becoming and you already are on from the ultimate perspective. You can become more of source uh, channeling through you and your higher self seeing through and acting through your your physical form. And that's the goal, right? That's that's where all the, the magic happens. That's where, you know, any revenge, forget about it. <laughs> that's, you know, uh, that that's uh, whatever energy someone's putting out, they'll feel the repercussions of it. It's not your job to, to, to deal that out. Your job is to raise your vibration, right? So let's see what old Deepak Chopra has to say about this. Um, and this is, I'm going to start reading here. The This is chapter three from the seven spiritual laws of success, the law of karma or cause and effect. On the cover page of the chapter, it says, every action generates a force of energy that returns to us in like kind. What we sow is what we reap. And when we choose actions that bring happiness and success to others, the fruit of our karma is happiness and success. The quote at the top, before he gets into the chapter, karma is the eternal assertion of human freedom. Our thoughts, our words, and deeds are the threads of the net which we, th- we throw around ourselves. Swami Vivekananda. The third spiritual law of success is the law of karma. Karma is both action and the consequence of that action. 
It is cause and effect simultaneously because every action generates a force of energy that returns to us in like kind. There's nothing unfamiliar about the law of karma. Everyone has heard the expression, what you sow is what you reap. Obviously, if we want to create happiness in our lives, we must learn to sow the seeds of happiness. Therefore, karma implies the action of conscious choice making. You and I are essentially infinite choice makers. In every moment of our existence, we are in that field of all possibilities where we have access to an infinity of choices. Some of these choices are made consciously, while others are made unconsciously. But the best way to understand and maximize the use of karmic law is to become consciously aware of the choices we make in every moment. Whether you like it or not, everything that is happening at this moment is a result of the choices you've made in the past. Unfortunately, a lot of us make choices unconsciously, and therefore we don't think they are choices, and yet they are. If I were to insult you, you would most likely make the choice of being offended. If I were to pay you a compliment, you would most likely make the choice of being pleased or flattered. But think about it. It's still a choice. I could offend you and I could insult you and you could make the choice of not being offended. I could pay you a compliment and you could make the choice of not letting that flatter you either. In other words, most of us, even though we are infinite choice makers, have become bundles of conditioned reflexes that are constantly being triggered by people and circumstances into predictable outcomes of behavior. These conditioned reflexes are like Pavlovian conditioning. Pavlov is famous for demonstrating that if you give a dog something to eat every time you ring a bell, soon the dog starts to salivate when you just ring the bell because it has associated one stimulus with the other. Most of us, as a result of conditioning, have repetitious and predictable responses to the stimuli in our environment. Our reaction seems to be automatically triggered by people and circumstances, and we forget that these are still choices that we are making in every moment of our existence. We are simply making these choices unconsciously. If you step back for a moment and witness the choices you are making as you make those choices, then in just this act of witnessing, you take the whole process from the unconscious realm into the conscious realm. This procedure of conscious choice making and witnessing is very empowering. When you make any choice, any choice at all, you can ask yourself two things. First of all, what are the consequences of this choice that I'm making? In your heart, you will immediately know what these are. Secondly, will this choice that I'm making now bring happiness to me and those around me? If the answer is yes, then go ahead with that choice. If the answer is no, if that choice brings distress either to you or to those around you, then don't make that choice. It's as simple as that. That's really powerful. Just really give it some thought before you speak. What is the vibration of what I'm speaking, right? What am I gonna what am I doing here? What what's gonna happen? What's gonna be the outcome? Let's play it out. I've been doing more of that lately. I'll think of something that's maybe stressful. I've, I know that's something that I've done many times in the past where I'll be stressed about something and then I'll throw it out there and you watch it change that other person. Now they're taking it on. And now lately, especially I've been conscious of this saying, Hmm, why am I gonna put that out there? Why am I gonna co-create that? Why am I gonna create anxiety and stress for that person? and choose otherwise. Okay, moving right along. Sorry, that's my little interjection, which I'm prone to do from time to time. <laughs> okay, where did I, where was I, where was I? Okay, there's only one choice out of the infinity of choices available in every second that will create happiness for you as well as for those around you. And when you make that one choice, it will result in a form of behavior that is called spontaneous right action. Spontaneous right action is the right action at the right moment. It's the right response to every situation as it happens. It's the action that nourishes you and everyone else who is influenced by that action. 
Wow, that's a really cool concept. Uh, let me stop there for a second and just think about that and talk about that for a second. Uh, there is a, essentially what I would say he's saying here is, is there's, a, there's an ideal uh, action that you can take, right? The, the greatest and grandest version, uh, as I often reference it, it as. So you're looking for what is the right action? And of course, the right action is like a, it's like a trigger. Uh, I don't know. I kind of think I've been watching uh, the show Westworld, um, uh, that actually my friend is in. And, uh, it, so yeah, I've been watching that with my son and, um, you know, they, they give out these key commands and the, the robots will act accordingly. It's almost like that, right? You're triggering in a good way when you do this. So, um, anyway, yeah, I really liked the, that, that thought, that, that concept moving right along. There's a very interesting mechanism that the universe has to help you make spontaneously correct choices. The mechanism has to do with sensations in your body. Your body experiences two kinds of sensations. One is a sensation of comfort. The other is a sensation of discomfort. At the moment you consciously make a choice, pay attention to your body and ask your body, if I make this choice, what happens? If your body sends a message of comfort, that's the right choice. If your body sends a message of discomfort, then it's not the appropriate choice. For some people, the message of comfort and discomfort is in the area of the solar plexus. But for most people, it's in the area of the heart. Consciously put your attention in the heart and ask your heart what to do. Then wait for the response, a physical response in the form of a sensation. It may be the faintest level of feeling, but it's there in your body. Only the heart knows the correct answer. Most people think the heart is mushy and sentimental, but it's not. The heart is intuitive. It's holistic. It's contextual. It's relational. It doesn't have a win-lose orientation. It taps into the cosmic computer, the field of pure potentiality, pure knowledge, and infinite organizing power, and takes everything into account. At times, it may not even seem rational, but the heart has a computing ability that is far more accurate and far more precise than anything within the limits of rational thought. Wow, what a powerful concept that is, right? I love this. I love this chapter. It's um, it's just uh, it it resonates so strongly. And and you know, I would say as you start using your body as this feedback loop, the stronger it's going to get. The more it's just like anything. You're working out a muscle. How often are, are any of us doing that? Right? Are you checking in with your heart every time you're about to make a decision? Um, are you paying attention to the the actions, the reactions that you create uh, all around you from from the choices? Like this gets it turns it into a fun game of like how do I choose the right answer? How do I ace the test? Right. All right, moving right along. You can use the law of karma to create money and influence in the flow of all good things to you anytime you want. But first, you must become consciously aware that your future is generated by the choices you are making in every moment of your life. If you do this on a regular basis, then you are making full use of the law of karma. The more you bring your choices into the level of your conscious awareness, the more you will make those choices which are spontaneously correct, both for you and those around you. What about past karma and how is it influencing you now? Okay, that's a big question, right? Let's see what he says. There are three things you can do about past karma. One is to pay your karmic debts. Most people choose to do that unconsciously, of course. Uh, this may be a choice you make also. Sometimes there's a lot of suffering involved in the payment of those debts, but the law of karma says no debt in the universe ever goes unpaid. There's a perfect accounting system in the universe, and everything is a constant to-and-fro exchange of energy. The second thing you can do is transmute or transform your karma into a more desirable experience. 
This is a very interesting process in which you ask yourself, as you're paying your karmic debt, what can I learn from this experience? Why is this happening? And what is the message that the universe is giving to me? How can I make this experience useful to my fellow human beings? How can I give, right? (laughs) By doing this, you look for the seed of opportunity and then tie the seed of opportunity with your dharma, with your purpose in life, which we'll talk about in the seventh spiritual law of success. This allows you to transmute the karma to a new expression. For example, if you break your leg while playing sports, you might ask, what can I learn from this experience? What is the message the universe is giving me? Perhaps the message is that you need to slow down and be more careful or attentive to your body the next time. And if your dharma is to teach others what you know, then by asking, how can I make this experience useful to my health? to my fellow human beings. You may decide to share what you learn by writing a book about playing sports safely, or you may design a special shoe or leg support that prevents this kind of injury you experienced. This way, while paying your karmic debt, you will also have converted the adversity into a benefit that may bring you wealth and fulfillment. This is the transmutation of your karma into a positive experience. You haven't really gotten rid of your karma, but you are able to take a karmic episode and create a new and positive karma out of it. The third way to deal with karma is to transcend it. Real quick before we go into the transcending it. um, Yeah, so you guys always hear me saying the lump of uh, coal is a diamond in disguise, right? That's this whole process that he's talking about here, right? Finding, seeing it, making use of it, and um, yeah, turning it into something that's actually good for you. The third way to deal with your karma is to transcend it. To transcend karma is to become independent of it. The way to transcend karma is to keep experiencing the gap, the self, the spirit. It's like washing a dirty piece of cloth in a stream of water. Every time you wash it, you take away a few stains. You keep washing it again and again, and each time it gets a little cleaner. You wash or transcend the seeds of your karma by going into the gap and coming out again. This, of course, is done through the practice of meditation. All actions are karmic episodes. Drinking a cup of coffee is a karmic episode. That action generates memory, and memory has the ability or the potentiality to generate desire, and desire generates action again. The operational software of your soul is karma, memory, and desire. Your soul is a bundle of consciousness that has the seeds of karma, memory, and desire. By becoming conscious of these seeds of manifestation, you become a conscious generator of reality. By becoming a conscious choice maker, you begin to generate actions that are evolutionary for you and for those that are around you. And that's all you need to do. As long as karma is evolutionary for both the self and everyone affected by the self, then the fruit of karma will be happiness and success. Very cool. Very powerful. A lot of wonderful insight there. Now this little section, uh, applying the law of karma or cause and effect. And here's what he gives us. I will put the law law of karma into effect by making a commitment to take the following steps. Today, I will witness the choices I make in each moment. And in the mere witnessing of these choices, I will bring them to my conscious awareness. I will know that the best way to prepare for any moment in the future is to be fully conscious in the present. Two, whenever I make a choice, I will ask myself two questions. What are the consequences of the choice that I'm making? And will this choice bring fulfillment and happiness to me and also to those who are affected by this choice? Three, 
I will then ask my heart for guidance and be guided by its message of comfort or discomfort. If the choice feels comfortable, I will plunge ahead with abandon. If the choice feels uncomfortable, I will pause and see the consequences of my action with my inner vision. This guidance will enable me to make spontaneously correct choices for myself and for all those around me. Ah, very cool, very powerful um, chapter there. One that gives us all a lot to think about how to uh, how to navigate. I love how I love how bite sized this isn't this book great, guys. How bite sized each law is, and then you know he gives you sort of some um, some ways to utilize it and ties it all together at the end of each chapter. Very powerful indeed. And uh, yeah, we'll go on to chapter four either in the next episode or sometime in the near future. Otherwise, we're out of imaginary time for this episode. It has been a pleasure and an honor, as always, to connect with you all. I do have something good to leave you with. It's a song. Uh, uh, music is always good, right? Almost always good. I guess that's we could debate that. <laughs> uh, so this is Something Good, the song Something Good by... Uh, Nicholas Haig and Mount. Take a listen. Hope you enjoy. Thank you.
I wanna try.